Welcome back, everybody. It's It's been a while, but not really. Um, I'm it's Scott, your host. Days. It's Behind the Timeline. If you didn't know, that's why you were here. I don't understand why you're here. Um, but here's my lovely host, uh, Lindsay. Sorry, I'm you like motioning to you. But the, no, no, I'm like, I'm, I realize how stupid I look right now because I like... Like I'm on, I'm acting like I'm on a game show, and I'm like putting my hands out to the side, like, and here's Lindsay. Like you're gonna jump out of my closet at any time right now. Like, <laughs> Scott's a manifesting a YouTube channel right now. That's I what's am. happening. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hi Lindsay, how are you? Hi, hi Scott, I'm good. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm ready to talk about the rescuers. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm so stoked, excited. Guys. This is 1977, take two. Um, it is. Yeah, this is take two of four, actually. Um, it is. Um, we've got Star Wars, which we covered last time. We've got this movie, The Rescuers, and then Pete's Dragon, and 1977's Rankin and Bass, The Hobbit, to, so to round excited. this out. We've got a really lovely chunk mm-hmm. bookended by our two favorite things, and I, I genuinely can't wait to talk about all of them, yeah. including this movie today. <laughs> I, I know. I So, I'll, I talked about it a little bit in, like, in my notes or whatever, but I love this movie so much more than I love down under and it's so funny because i didn't own this movie i only owned down under i used to watch this at my cousin's house all the time and like this movie was so i liked this one so much more and i think it's because it had this like the more classic feel to it Mm -hmm. because what is it rescuers down under came out in 91 1990 1990 yeah yeah um and it I like Down Under, I but I haven't seen it in such a long time that I don't feel confident making a statement about which one I prefer. Because there was a lot about this movie that I didn't remember. Like, I I think I'm going to have to make that determination when we get there. Yeah. But I do remember owning this movie before because when Down Under came out, like, while I was, I was born in 87. So I saw Little Mermaid in theaters. But I only know that because my parents told me. I don't recall that, right? Mm, it was like two. Okay. So I don't have a memory of that. I'm sure we had Mermaid on VHS, but I don't remember it. The first VHS that I remember that my parents brought home, like the first new movie I remember having is The Rescuers Down Under in 1990 or 91, whenever it came out on VHS. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it blew my little mind that we got more <laughs> Rescuers. Because I knew Bernard and Bianca, like, very well. I really liked The Rescuers. And I was like, what do you mean there's another adventure? I know. And that's, well, so, like, we need to get right into it with, like, this stuff. Because there is a question that you ask at the very beginning of this that I'm so excited to answer for you. Yeah. Um, so well, the, do you want to go ahead and answer it? Which you want to just talk the sequel first, since we're yeah, there? Is that what so, you're talking about? Exactly. Yeah. This is actually Disney's first official sequel. It is ever right. Yep. Rescuers Down Under is so. This is the Rescuers, which is what we're talking about today. Is the mm-hmm. first Disney movie ever to get a sequel, and also the Rescuers is the Rescuers Down Under is the first Disney sequel. Right? Exactly, but to that, and this is one of the things I didn't want to tell you until we started recording because it's going to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Originally, because this film was so popular, um, wait, where is it? Holy shit! I gotta find it. Uh, no. Uh, the popularity of this film was so immense and so like it took Disney so like by surprise that they considered creating a spinoff television show in 1989. However, when uh-huh. Down Under was greenlit for 1990, the show was reworked to become Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Oh, I loved Rescue Rangers. Yep. 
And that's awesome. I love Chippendale. I know. I did too. I was like, dude, that's so crazy. There's so many like behind the scenes fun things that I'm like really excited to share with you about this that I found when I was researching. I can't um, wait. I love that you have a bunch of behind the scenes knowledge. I know. On this. It's so cool. And just to like make you laugh, because we talked about him like eight times in the last like four movies, um, Baloo was actually supposed to be in this movie. Shut up. I'm dead serious. He well, was originally also, supposed to be here. Okay, that's awesome. Also, Cruella would have mm, been here. Yeah. Um. So, the, and we'll talk. I think we'll talk about that as we get down. But so let's let's back us up slightly. Yeah. And take us back to 1977. So I did What's do some on? additional um, because we are going to have four movies in 77. So we yeah. talked about some historical stuff last time with Star Wars. We're going to talk about some different historical stuff today that I pulled out of mm-hmm. like, the asshole of the internet. I'm like this random <laughs> information. It's like not important, but I love it all. So this was uh, 77 includes the first documented occurrence of a high five at Dodger Stadium. Love that. Are you serious? Um, That's so funny. Yeah, I know, right? And random. (laughs) That's fucking hilarious. Um, Kenner Toys, this one a lot of people know, but we didn't Mm -hmm. talk about last time, was unable to manufacture enough Star Wars action, or any Star Wars action figures, in time for the 1977 holidays. We did talk about Lucas getting all of the, um, the market, what's it called? The... Like the merchandising toy rights. rights, merchandising. Yeah. Thank you. Um, for Star Wars, and that you know, everyone was like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." And then they made so much money, and so they just like weren't ready for Christmas in '77. No, so kids no unwrapped these early bird certificates, like these cards yeah. that were like, "You're gonna get a George Lucas, <laughs> a, a Luke Skywalker action figure." We swear to God, eventually, just not, just not you'll right get now. it. I promise. <laughs> That's Which so crazy. Does, like. No other yeah. media in history has ever had to do that that I can think of. Like, obviously, you have oh, like no. re- reservations for video games and stuff right now, but not not to that degree. No, a reservation or a, you know booking like pre-purchasing something is totally different than it not coming out. Like they are, they did pre-purchase it and then it didn't come out. Like it wasn't ready, which is. <laughs> I think they. I think like the whole industry and society as a whole learned a lot of lessons from Star Wars in a lot of ways, and so. this is one of them. Yeah. Um, we also get like the official launch and copyright of the Chia Pet. Oh my because, god. <laughs> yeah. So this comes out in '77, which I think is great. And, and in my research, I found that like what essentially would be a chia pet was not uncommon. Like people would grow little plants in clay, right? Yeah. But but Chia went in and copy wrote that shit in seventy seven and <laughs> sort of the official <laughs> Chia pet. Um and then Laverne and Shirley Happy Days and Three's Company are the top t- three T V shows. So that's kind of fun. Did you know I've ever actually watched like any of them? I've watched a couple episodes of Happy Days, but what like as far as shows like that go, I wasn't those weren't huge for me. Mm, the, these three in particular, I watched a lot of Happy Days, but very little Three's Company and some Laverne and Shirley. Mm. But I did watch a lot of Nick at Night, which Happy Days was on a lot of. So like, I saw a lot of The Wonder Years. I saw a lot of I Love Lucy. I saw a lot of Bewitched. I liked WandaVision very much. Mm-hmm. Everything in WandaVision, for the most part, was stuff that was that I had watched as a kid. Yeah. On Nickelodeon. Right? <laughs> um, the Oscar winner continues to be Rocky. I don't have anything else to say about the Oscars. Yeah, I mean, yeah we've, we've gone through that one. 
Um, and we know from last time, Star Wars is the top grossing movie. But The Rescuers did make $48 million at home and $41 million internationally in rentals. So mm-hmm. this actually was a cool record breaker. It was the highest grossing opening weekend in animated film history at the time. Mm-hmm. It was the highest grossing film of all time in Germany. And it outgrossed yep. Star Wars. Yeah, in, in UK theaters, it out it outgrossed. Um, well, oh, so also historic because again, I'm the historical nerd or whatever. Um, this statistic is true, but it's also very skewed because in 1977, Germany was still West and East Germany. Oh. So okay. while the statistic is true. It has to be adjusted slightly. It's still true. It's still 100%. Like, it absolutely outgrossed Star Wars. Um, and it was like the top, it is one of the top grossing films of all time in Germany. But I just, I feel like we need to throw that in there for anybody who is listening over there. I am fully aware that Germany was not Germany at that time. <laughs> yeah, fair. Well, well played because I yeah. hadn't thought about that. So, good point. Um, Let's see, and yeah, it came out. It came out a few times. Um, it did, yeah. In theatrical re-releases, I think in like '81 and then in '89, mm-hmm. which um, before Down up Under to ninety. I want to say like up to Black Cauldron. That was a common thing for Disney movies was they would be re-released. Like Snow White got re-released multiple times. Sleeping Beauty, oh, yeah, totally. All that stuff, but around the Renaissance with Little Mermaid. Um, they were like, that no, sucked. one is enough. Because in 1991 was, or 1994 was when Disney films started going to VHS. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. we're not going to, we don't have to re-release this anymore. We're going to make way more money just selling the movie. Exactly. We talked about this a bunch in the way back in the Pinocchio episode, actually, mm-hmm. that um, the things really changed in the 80s because of being able to get these things on VHS. So, yeah, absolutely. It was around in the Renaissance when that stopped because all of a sudden you could just release it at home. And then what they did was instead of having theatrical re-releases, Disney would do they created what they call the Disney Vault, which kind of mm-hmm. ceased to exist with only with the inception of Disney Plus. Prior to that, the vault still existed, I believe. So it that which is really fascinating. So only until two years ago, we still had the concept of the vault, where these movies Mm -hmm. would be available and in production, and you could go buy them at at like Blockbuster or Best Buy for a certain period of time. Eventually, I'm sure that you could always get them VOD. I think maybe it wasn't. Maybe they weren't vaulted right up. Maybe everything was out of the vault in the years leading up to Disney Plus, because you could probably buy them on Amazon or something. But up until then, like when you still had, when you couldn't get digital copies of these things in the last, you know, 10 years or so, before that they would be vaulted and then they would come out on DVD every, every so often and it'd be a special edition. And it was a, so that's what they did instead of the theatrical re releases. And it yeah, worked. They got so much like, of my money in the early 2000s. I oh was my like, God. Dude, Snow White's I, out of the vault. I need the DVD. I had the diamond <laughs> edition of Sleeping Beauty. I had the one of The Little Mermaid. See, I didn't want The Little Mermaid, which is ironic, um, but I wanted... I had Beauty and the Beast, because Beauty and the Beast is... Musically, Beauty and the Beast is my favorite Disney movie. So good. I That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you to that when we mm-hmm. get there, because I don't know if I agree. I don't know that I disagree either. I'm going to have to think about that. I know. Anyway, um, so, okay. As far as where we are, we're after Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh which we are skipping, um, mm-hmm. but which we will address 
if Scott can get his I know. Together. Mom, come on. Seriously. I've Scott's asked you like mom, six times. Jesus I'm Christ. I'm trying to do something nice for you. I really am. I'm trying to do Dude. something cute for our moms. I need you to step up. So just to give you guys a little insight into my life right now, I really want to get back into golfing and I'm left-handed. So getting left-handed golf clubs is fucking impossible. And so my mom works for a country club and she, I was like, mom, like you gotta, if anybody can hook me up, it's my mom (laughs) and she can't. So I don't think I'm going to be shouting out my mom anymore. Anyway, but I also told her like, hey, in the in the literally in the exact same text, I was like, mom, I need a picture of me at Disneyland for this thing that Lindsay wants to do for Instagram. And she's like, okay, well, I can't find the clubs. I'm like, are you actively ignoring the second <laughs> part of what I said? I'm I'm trying I'm trying very earnestly to do something really nice to honor our moms and, and also Winnie the Pooh and Scott's mom is not coming Dude, through. She's not so. cooperating. I'm gonna call her when we're done recording just to kind of do her and tell her. You know what I should do? I should call her right now. She's watching football. Her, I should just call her right her now. The pod, tell her I'm putting her on blast. The point is, we're skipping Winnie the Pooh. We're gonna talk about yeah. that on the gram. Um, and we're before Pete's Dragon, which we are going to talk about. And we're still in the Dark Ages of Disney. Um, we're actually well into no, the Dark Ages. Yeah, we are yeah. deep in the Dark Ages. No warning on this movie. Um, there absolutely and, should have been. Yeah. And we'll talk about uh, the rest of my note on this later. Because I feel like you have better notes on it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll get into it. I, th- so this, this part stuff. about the park doesn't yeah, it fuck. honestly doesn't blow my mind and I, i'm gonna tell you why but they made so much money i don't get it they did but like ha- there was all fantasy land is already so overstuffed with things like how do you include bianca and bernard and i'm putting bianca first because she's a bad bitch thank you um but You're correct i don't i don't really see how you could make anything for them and again remember this is the dark ages so while it did do really well, I don't think a lot of people go to this movie as like, this is one of my top 10 favorite Disney movies. And I think it's because most people had like, well, yeah, the time, but remember by this time they were working on Disney world, like Disneyland was done. There was nothing really going on, you know, like that needed to be upgraded or updated. The park's only 22 years old at this point. Well, I don't really know how this didn't make it to Florida. Because I get what you're saying about California. Yeah. You're not wrong. They have a, a real estate situation in California. Yes, they do. But in Florida, I don't really know how this doesn't make it in. And I don't know how they don't do something for, like, in 80, like in 1990. Yeah. Like, when they're hyping up their first ever sequel, like, how does the move the first movie ever to get a sequel? And this isn't some bullshit sequel, folks, that come mm-hmm. out on VHS. This one, a legit this is sequel. Like, the Rescuers Down Under is a real movie. It's it's like the first, not only yeah. is it the first sequel, but it is the first, like, and one of only, like, legit sequels for a lot of the animation, you know, including the Renaissance animation. So, um, I don't know how it didn't find its way into Florida, like, in the 90s, is more what I'm saying. Like, I'm not surprised it wasn't, like, in the OG park. I just, I'm surprised it never found its way there. They were going to make a sequel, and they didn't want to throw something in the park. Yeah, I mean, I could see them in the parades like someone dressed as Bianca and Bernard like walking down the street and the parade I think but I feel do. like a lot of people would be hard pressed to recognize them or like that a lot of kids I know it, it is kind of stupid but alright fair enough so 
let's dig into this baby. Um, would you like me to read a plot summary? I absolutely would. I think just okay. going forward permanently, I want to have you read the summaries because yours are always so good. I can do that. I can. All right. I had Hell fun yeah. with this one. It's it's reasonably short. All right. Kidnapped and forced to search a Central Floridian pirate graveyard for diamonds, Penny is desperate to return to the orphanage from whence she came. Luckily, an international assembly of mice receives her cry for help and sends one excellent mouse rescuer and one bumbling janitor to rescue Penny. Despite Bernard, Bianca is able to oversee the heroic saving of the day. The diamond, the diamond goes to the, the Smithsonian and the orphan gets adopted. Bernard, somehow, still gets laid at the end. Bro, he so does. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think, so that's one of my, like, my favorite parts about this movie. And I'm not trying to, like, undercut Bianca's contribution to the the absolute wonder that is just their adventure in in total, but I feel like if this had simply been based off the Miss Bianca book, I don't think it would have been as successful. Her having someone to play off of and like re-motivate and show that she is committed and show that she is adventurous and she does want to do the right thing and stuff, I think having Bernard around was a huge benefit to the story as a whole. And I agree. Yeah. I agree. Their odd couple thing does yeah. work and I think that Bianca shines brighter next to Bernard, which mm-hmm. is not necessarily a compliment to yeah. Bernard. But I also will say that this um this whole caper is much more of a group effort than my tongue in cheek um summary makes yeah. it out. This, <laughs> yeah. this is definitely a group effort, including honestly, it's the swamp mice and stuff mm-hmm. that really save the day. Swamp like Bernard critters, and Bianca yeah. weren't yeah, they were never going to be able to do this alone, even the two of them. No. But Bianca, for sure, is, like, the Leia of this movie. Like, she's a lot more confident than Bernard. Oh, yeah. Bernard's, like, the underdog, right? Like, he is the janitor. His story is sweet of being like, mm-hmm. I want to help. I love the... Will you Will you do us the honor of, of singing the song? Oh, I yeah. You earlier when you- <laughs> dude, it's, I, honestly, before I even, like, watch this movie, I remember this song. And, again, it's so weird that I remember it because I didn't own it. But it's the R-E-S-C-U-E, Rescue Aid Society. Dude, and actually with this song, one of my favorite parts about this is how just in control of everything Bianca is when she walks in. Oh, yeah. Dude, I, I right from the beginning, you're like, this is... This is a main character right here. <laughs> like, this is about as main a character as you could be with her walking in. <laughs> as main a character as you could be. Yeah, dude. Oh yeah, no, it's like the like a really like basically alarms are going off for the protagonist oh, when yeah. she walks in the room. Yep. And it's also like it's it's tied in with the the sexist undertones of this whole movie, right? Like you, they're mm-hmm. looking because she's a bad bitch. They're also looking because yeah. she looks good. Like there's a lot of that happening in this movie, but immediately, yeah, everyone is like, okay, we're gonna do whatever you say, Bianca. Like we, we like, and it's and it's weird. It's it honestly, this movie rides a weird line that I kind of didn't know what to take from it because it mm-hmm. was about fifty fifty. Where I feel like people are saying, "Oh, Bianca, we're totally here. We're going to do what yeah. you say." Half the time, it was because she like legitimately. It seems like she's capable and classy and probably mm-hmm. pretty powerful, and she's the delegate from Hungary or something, and like all of the things. But then the other fifty percent of the time, it really looks like people just have like like they're just seeing 
big purple hearts all around them, like in a cartoon, which yeah. this is a cartoon. Like, it's, so, I can't tell. It's like 50-50. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm really glad that you brought that up because it kind of comes to a head at one point in the very beginning when she is requesting the assignment and the chairman is like, it's not like the old days, like where we could just go out. Like it's dangerous, but for a lady, like that's unheard of. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I have to remind myself like when this still takes place. 77. Yeah. And then, yeah, but this must be taking place before that. Like when does the story of this take place? See, I don't know because the helicopter like the vehicles don't match together like the helicopter that they take or that like like when they go to the helicopter landing at the top of the building when they're at the quote airport yeah um those helicopters are fairly modern those are like 80s 90s helicopters but the vehicle every vehicle that madame medusa drives is like an old relic basically like she she drives a beat down Cruella DeVille car. You know, and then even the like swamp mobile she has be... is like falling apart and shit and it looks hella old. It it looks like it is possibly set in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of unclear. Um, I'm not sure. Actually. But it's it's weird. If it's the 70s, it's weird. It's like That's at this I mean. point, like, like I can't it's like, why it are we out. being this overtly sexist? Yeah. Like, why is this a plot point? I, I don't understand. Especially when, like, it really contradicts with the fact that, like, she is, like, a representative of this. Like, yeah, she's exactly. not filling in. Like, she's, this is clearly post-suffrage. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, so why course. are we, what the fuck? Like, I, I did find that a little bit strange and and straight up like from everybody like when she's up there saying like i want to take this i want to do this like i want this gig and bernard like if bernard said that shit to me i would lose it when he's he, i think bernard is the one that's like a woman like bernard definitely is like you shouldn't go alone lady i think no he, needs some help. he, like, he just he says from the i know what you're thinking and i told if it were how he worded it absolutely i totally get it um, but he just says, I don't think that Miss Bianca should go alone. It could be too dangerous. And I think it's yeah, because well, he's, he's like, like smitten with her. her. Well, no, I know. I think he just wants someone to go with her because I think he's smitten with her. Yeah. And I think that's if I was Bianca, I would be like, fuck you. Like your well, crush yeah. does not does not make like you're dim, like undermining me. Janitor. She's a, <laughs> an elected official. She's a delegate. I and mean, she's like trying to get on this mission and he's going to be like, oh, oh, I'm like, Bernard, fucking take several seats. She doesn't need your help right now. And then she picks him to go. I was like, yeah, because, you know, she's like, into it. like I, think, that. I think she's flattered that he was he was like concerned for like, her safety. Her. Yeah. <sighs> and like, here's here's what's so weird about <laughs> this it. scene. I know it goes in like so many directions because. We get to that point. Everyone's enamored with her when she walks in. She wants to take it. The chairman's like, no, this isn't like something a lady can do. Bernard's worried about her, but also is like, maybe don't. I don't, you know, don't. And then she's like, I'm going to take this. I want Bernard to go with me. And the chairman's like, all right, fuck it, whatever. And literally from that point on, there is no more sexism in this movie. Bianca is Bianca runs shit. Yeah, Madame Medusa runs shit. Ellie May runs shit. Yeah, that's why I think it feels really 50-50, especially with Bianca, because I think this opening bit of the movie is actually, like, the movie is 80 minutes long. 
So there's like a decent chunk of the movie is this bit, you know, and like kind Mm -hmm. of like before she starts really running shit when they really get moving. But like she has no problem when she misses the suitcase ride, like catching a car. She's like, dude, I'm going to fuck this bitch up. Like she's already like she's holding on every time she sees Medusa from a distance. She's like, yo, hold my baby, basically. Like, yeah, or I'm going like, to take on my earrings. Like, she's she's ready to fuck this chick up. Like, she's she's she constantly really hot-headed. Is. And, like, she wants to get in the action. She's not, like... So... See, this is another time where it's in reverse. And I think we get really weird situations with Bernard, too. Because... Uh, Miss Bianca requires saving twice. Uh, when she Orville does. gets shot down... Uh, and she falls out of the she falls out of the seat first, and Bernard has to grab the umbrella and go after her. Right. Um, and then the second time is when she falls out of the boat when Brutus and Nero are swimming bes- uh, on either side of them, and it creates those mm-hmm. like huge waves. She flies out of the boat, and he has to throw the rope to save her. Yeah, so they do I think work it, together. Exactly, it does show that they work together. They have this like tandem teamwork. But also, she is, like, this voice of motivation for Bernard because he is, like, he's nervous, he's, like, scared, but he's also, like, I want to do the right thing. So, it's this really good play off of each other where, like, she she gets in a situation where she gets so eager to, like, help or do something that she ends up, like, kind of getting herself in a jam and Bernard's like oh my god like now I have the courage to do something but then like he comes back in the boat and he's like what can two mice do and she's like uh they're counting on us we have to do something he's like you know what you're right so I think that they do have this really good by the end of the movie like they have this really good relationship but I do agree there were some weird sexist things in the beginning of the movie that just didn't add up to me it was it was really strange it was like they were trying to create this as like an arc or a challenge for mm-hmm. Bianca. And then they and don't like, address it. Yeah, they just, it's like, she doesn't actually have to overcome that. Like, it's, but it's also kind of realistic. Like, yeah. I sort of appreciate, like, that, like, especially then and still today and just all throughout history, like, and, which is the reason this keeps coming up, right? As we go through yeah. the timeline. <laughs> um, one of the realities for women is, like, an undertone of sexism. Like, we've mm-hmm. all experienced it. This has happened to everybody. Some kind of bullshit like this where you're trying to do something and somebody's like, I'm not sure, little lady, doesn't your vagina preclude you from this trip? And we have all been there. I know I have been there. And it's kind of realistic that she's just like, yeah, no, I'm going to keep going anyway. I had someone try to not give me a driver's license at the DMV once because I I didn't have my... uh, my marriage certificate. Are you serious? Come on. But I'd never changed my name and I have my original oh. birth certificate and I said I haven't changed my name like and it, you only need to provide that as a name change document. Mm-hmm. But he said you're a woman and you said married so I'm afraid I can't give you your license without proof of your wedding. Oh fuck no dude. Out of their hands. <laughs> oh I, it was like 20 minutes before I realized I was experiencing a sexism and then I was like <laughs> wait a second. Like, wait, wait a second. Hold the fuck on. Yeah, hang on. <laughs> what is it? Hold up. And I eventually I got through it. But we've all been there where like some fucking asshole behind a desk doesn't want to let you like get on with your fucking, you know, Friday afternoon yeah. because because of your vagina. And so I'm like, okay, I kind of get it. Like Bianca just, you know, we all just keep trying to move on to the next thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And Bianca's like, all right, I understand that this is what I'm dealing with. Also, I'm going to go on this mission. So yeah. in some ways it's kind of realistic. Um, 
I did like, you're right that they work together, though, because Bianca rescues Bernard, too. So mm-hmm. they do have this little, like, symbiotic, like, they definitely help each other out. And But I just, sometimes I feel like I couldn't tell whether I bought the romance. Like, I'm like, is Bianca just being polite? Like, I know. Sometimes I, it's you, like she's just being polite. Up to she the was, point where they're flying, I'm like... She's just being nice, but then it's like super clear that she's into him. Once they arrive in Florida, I'm like, okay. Yeah, she is very like she definitely appears to be into him. I just kind of don't get why. I'm kind of like Bianca, you're better than this. Like oh my God. Bernard's just such a mess. Like at least it's Bob Newhart. Come on, man. Like, I know his he's the such voice a was sweetheart. great. I love when, uh, like, Bianca, like, could have handled this on her own. She's like, I'll totally go check out the devil's anus and get this diamond. And Bernard's ego, like, can't allow that to happen. And, like, he has to go fuck it up. And he's just, he's kind of the worst. There were parts of this where I was like, God damn it, Bernard. Dude, he, he kind of is. And then at the same time, I'm like, bro, good for you. Like, you want to, like, be strong for the lady that you're into. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of here for him being like, I'm going to puff out my chest and show her that I can walk across this very clearly dangerous fucking geyser. Even though he can't, and then they and have to rescue yeah, him. Yeah, they have to end up fucking saving him. I'm like, all right, dude, come on. Like, the fact that it's, I think in that point, it's just the effort. He put, he gets an A for effort, but he, then Bianca's totally. like, all right, I'm coming. Like, I'll be right there. I think t- as we talk it through, I think my takeaway on their relationship, and it, and I remember that Down Under starts with his proposal, so I definitely yeah. want to revisit this. But as of now, my take on their relationship, I think I do buy it, and I think it is good. I think they are into each other. I just mm. think there's elements of it that are super toxic that I'm like, mm-mm-mm. Like, if that was happening today. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Where I it's, so fair. it's kind of unfair. Like, it's not overtly bad. It's not like... I don't even think we've had an example so far of one that's just, like, really, really fucked up. But, like... Well, and this is also, like, the first iteration of any couple that is actively working together. It's not like one has been captured and another needs to go save them. It's They're together the whole time. They're never yeah, separated. Yeah, this is no Snow White's prince. Exactly. Prince and Prince Prime is not in, in activation here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think, I think that we'll have to revisit it, but I think I, I think I buy it. I just think like there's elements of it that are just like, ugh. Like if we saw that today, it wouldn't be Bernard needing to puff out his chest, right? It would be like they would like work together to like use their strengths. Yeah. Their like individual strengths to like solve the puzzle instead of being like, no, I've got it, Miss Bianca. You stay here. I'm like, Bernard. She would have taken care of that. <laughs> I like it was, you know, they were they were like a half a step short of actually working together in a way that I think meets today's standards. So I don't think that makes it bad, but I think that's what irks me. I think there's some like it's not great, but I'm also curious to see where where this goes in Down Under and what that looks like then. Because I remember Bernard like can't get the proposal out. Like Bianca doesn't realize he's trying to do it. Like she's yeah. so. Like, she's just kind of like, she's I'm like on another level. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's she's like on a job and like doesn't realize how enamored Bernard is because she's like focused on her career. <laughs> like Bianca's She just, is. And I, she's just really I think on that's a why I like her so much. I'll tell you who else I really so, liked um, is Mr. Snoops. Well, so before we move on to him, though. I kind of want to share. I want to I want to court danger here a little bit before we move on from Bianca. Oh, let's go. With my Bianca story. Oh, hell yeah, let's go. I've been alluding to for a while, right? So, I am courting danger by putting this out there, but it is my strong belief that my sister is not listening. (laughs) If she is, 
the more fact. Oh, shit. This is <laughs> the end. Chelsea better not be hearing this. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, okay. When we're growing up, Rescuers Down Under came out in 1990. Mm-hmm. I'm born in 87. My sister's born in 89. Okay. So, when Down Under came out, she was too young to have a say in, like, which character she got to be. Right? Right. So. <laughs> so funny. So we got these Christmas ornaments one year. We got Christmas ornaments every year growing up that were reflective of like something that we did that year or loved that year. Right. So we got rescuers down under Christmas ornaments. Right. And I got Bianca because I was old enough to say I want Bianca. Mm -hmm. My sister was old enough to say nothing. (laughs) So I got Bianca. This was a problem for the subsequent 30 years. I shit you not. So every Christmas... She would try and hang Bianca on the tree because she had stupid fucking Bernard. We all know oh what a doof Bernard was. Right, so <laughs> nobody wanted Bernard. She was so pissed she had to be the boy. And it was like kind of a repeating thing in our family when we were really little. Like my mom dressed us up as Raggedy Ann and Andy for Halloween one year. Guess who got to be Raggedy Ann? Like it was she just didn't Dang. have a lot of agency in that for a long time. <laughs> she really didn't like it. It gave her a horrible complex. She had Hell to be the boy every time because I wanted I wanted to be the the strong female protagonist. Yeah. And Chelsea was like got fucked over. So every year she would try and hang Bianca on the tree, and I'm saying, no, that's my ornament. You can't hang her. And we would fight over it. She would hide Bianca. I would hide Bianca. Like it was a war over Bianca. Bianca is fucking mine. Mm-hmm. She has my mom wrote my initials on Bianca's foot. That that thing is mine, and it's a beautiful Christmas ornament, right? It's mm-hmm. this plush toy, and Bianca's wearing uh, green for Christmas, and it's like it's and it, it's like beautiful. Like she has like fur. Like it's a really really nice Christmas ornament. And Bernard's fine, you know. <laughs> and Bernard's so, just there, <laughs> and he's there. No one wants Bernard, and it. So we warred over this for literally thirty years. So then, I move away. And Mm -hmm. stay away for a long time for reasons. And didn't come home for Christmas for a minute. And there was a time where I was just kind of living abroad and Mm -hmm. on the West Coast and kind of doing my own thing. And so I'm like, yo, bitch, you guys got to send me Bianca. Like, I want my Christmas ornaments. Right. Right. And I'm like working on getting this stuff back. So they send me all my ornaments and not Bianca. And Bianca's missing. Oh, God. And I was like, what the fuck? So they, they stole Bianca. And then I went back home for Christmas, like in like 2017. And it turns out that these toys that we've been fighting over so vehemently, these Christmas ornaments since we were basically born, are McDonald's Happy Meal toys Holy from 1990. Crap. Yeah. Really, really nice plush McDonald's Happy Meal toy from 1990, Christmas 1990 is what these were. And they found one on eBay. And so they bought me Bianca 2.0. And they said, you can have this one. We're keeping the OG Bianca. We got you a new Bianca for Christmas. We found her. So first of all, this shit is a McDonald's toy. Dude. So. That kind of blows my mind. Like I was not I expecting a- that. It's insane. <laughs> I have the box. I'm looking at it right now on my bookshelf. Like, it is a Happy Meal toy from 1990 that they found on eBay. And That's I was so like, sick. how much did this cost? Was it expensive? They were like, it was like $4. Oh, like, oh my, my God. God. So they got that on eBay, right? So I'm like, okay, okay, that's really cute. That's funny. I like that. I got a new Bianca. But I was like, also, low key, this isn't my Bianca. So yeah. then, a couple of years later at Christmas, in the middle of the night... 
I, I brought Bianca 2.0 with me. Mm-hmm. To, and I did Christmas in my sister's house. And I didn't bring all my ornaments, right? Right. So it's like an ornament full of her trees. And Bernard and Bianca are both on the tree. And so I brought Bianca 2.0. And in the middle of the night, I swapped them out. Hell yeah. And I brought Bianca 1.0 home. And I have her here in the safe. Like, it's not yep. even with my other Christmas ornaments. That's so legit, though. Like, that's so <laughs> So the war funny. continues. <laughs> Dude. So my- she's listening on the fuck, because I don't know whether she knows. She's never called me out. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, how, how insane would it be if you get a call tomorrow, and it's just like, I knew it. You know what? If that happens, like, that Bianca is mine. That is my. That yeah. is the OG Bianca. Yep, mom wrote my name on that thing. I'm like, fight me, Chelsea. Come and try and get her. She's in the safe. You'll never get her. I'm gonna put it in a safe deposit box. I would. That's amazing. <laughs> but she, she is the star of the Christmas tree every year, though. Bianca's my favorite thing. <laughs> so okay, that's my Bianca story. No, that's so danger. cool. Like I, I don't, I don't think my sister and I had. I don't think we had like one thing that we fought over on the Christmas tree. Like, cause we growing up, her and I each had like our own ornaments. Like I had, yeah. I was obsessed with trains. So like I have a train ornament that my grandmother got me. My sister had, we had some of them we did. Like my mom had these porcelain snowmen that I fucking loved hanging. Um, or like we have ornaments that's like Scott's first Christmas, da da da, or whatever. And mm-hmm. my sister would hang that to piss me off. Or like I would, yeah, I would make a joke. Yeah, you gotta and hang, hang your own ones. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Or like I would hang my sister's too high because, you know, I'm six three and my sister's not. <laughs> she so. couldn't reach that. She's yeah. <laughs> so like, shocker. We'll put Amanda, it way up here. You're not six three. I know. What are you doing, man? Go get a fucking step ladder. You're gonna get up here. What are you <laughs> thinking? But yeah, I don't. I think that's so funny that you guys. And honestly, like this is not totally. This is totally not the right emotion to have. But I think that's actually really cool that you guys had those like ornaments to to go, you know, the, to go through every year. Yeah, it's no, it's it's really cool, and I still do them this year. Like we uh, we still do them every year. We get everybody mm-hmm. gets an ornament, and my sister and I put one of the two of us is always in charge of it every year to get everyone their special ornament for the thing that they did and. We have, like, I have a bunch of ones from, like, Santa and a kilt and all yeah. the years I was in Scotland and stuff. But, yeah, but the Bernard and Bianca, those are, I'll, I'll, I'll post a picture of the, the OG Bianca box. We'll see how much we can tempt fate. One of my friends called me right before we recorded this, and she was like, yo, you're not going to talk about Bianca, though, are you? Are you going to tell? And I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to court danger. I'm going to fucking throw it out there. I'm going to see. Because this, is, this so war's been going on now for... You know, a fucking long time. Like it's yeah, we've been <laughs> spent thirty years in the pipeline. So oh let's keep God. it going. Um, but yeah, so love me some Bianca. I I will post the uh, the picture of the box, the McDonald's box, because that was honestly when we found yes, out we'd been fighting do. over. Because the toy is really like really nice. Mm-hmm. Like it really is a nice toy. Anyway, tell me about Mr. What's His Face. We can move on from this. Um, <laughs> but I did want to share that story because I think it's wicked funny. Face. Yeah, who is the dude? You As Mr. Snoops, her like idiot sidekick, who's very clearly just a fat weird Al at Weird Al Yankovic. I feel like yeah, totally, he was. totally. Um, but hold on, my hand is caught in, <laughs> in my blanket, and I I, tried, I tried to readjust because I'm sitting on my couch. And I tried to readjust, and my hand is like 
my blanket got wrapped around my leg, and so I tried to move it. And then when I pulled the blanket back up, my hand got stuck in the blanket. You know what? Hold on, just one. Hold on. Scott's like really snugly over there. You I guys, am. I'm, I'm like in my desk. Super comfy. Professional. Yeah, for real. And I'm, I'm just over this here seriously. like seriously. This is a joke. I'm an artist. This is boring. No. <laughs> Let me see what's going on here. <laughs> Are we back? Yeah, we're back. I don't know what the fuck just Sorry, happened right there. That everybody. was awesome. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, yeah, I'm free know. of the blanket now. Um, but please, we may or may not edit any of that out. I don't I think I'm going to edit that at all because it just doesn't make sense it. and it's hilarious. Um, just whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. What were so, you setting up now? Uh, we were just going to set up kind of like the fucked up section of this movie. So, so we have, yeah, we have the rescuers on their mission. We've talked about Bernard and Bianca a bunch, um, and then we've got this. This fucking child is begging to be taken back to the orphanage. Bro. Because of I, how bad her situation is. I mean, Jesus. Legitimately, I don't understand how this is not. I actually think this might be the saddest Disney movie until Up. Oh, I think it's Everything up there. about like, this girl's really story bad. is fucking awful, dude. She's she, straight up right before she runs away. Labor. It so is. It's about child abuse, child neglect, um, fucking kidnapping, trafficking. child straight yeah. up trafficking, threatening, Yo. almost murder. Um, dude, the day before she gets kidnapped, and it is a straight kidnapping. It absolutely is a straight kidnapping. Yeah, she's kidnapped from the orphanage. She's not adopted, and then no. which I thought was. At first, I was like, oh, yeah, didn't she get adopted by this lady? And then no, she runs away and then Medusa snatches her up her from an orphanage. Like, what the fuck, dude? Dude, she has to watch another girl get adopted. And then the cat cheers her up, which I haven't answered one of my questions about um, something a little bit later. And the cat is kind of part of it. Um but I, I enjoyed the cat. I thought that was Rufus kind of is, Penny's is only dope. redeeming quality is that conversation with the cat. <laughs> I enjoyed. Yeah, that's actually that's actually fair. Um, she she gets puckered up, and then for no reason she just like disappears. You find out later that Medusa straight up kidnapped her and put her down in this place. It's never said in the movie, but it's called the Black Bayou. Um. The Devil's Anus. That's from Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> they do call it the Devil's something, though. They the call de- it the, the diamond she's you. looking for is called the Devil's Eye, and it's in a hole called the Black Hole. Yeah, the, I'm. I was but definitely just re- referring calling it the Devil's, the Devil's Anus. Devil's That's anus. totally fine. hundred <laughs> percent. And they don't. They keep that real ominous. Like they don't actually reveal that until over halfway through the movie. Oh and yeah. It's only an eighty-minute movie, but we go forty-five minutes before we find out what she's being used for. Yeah, what they've actually got her for. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. insane because up to that point, um. The only thing we know is when they break into the pawn shop and she's like, you've been down there for three months, um, which that also blows yeah, my mind to it. She Penny's been kidnapped for three months and the police aren't looking for her anymore. Like yeah. that right there is just I'm like, holy shit, dude. And I want you guys to know this is and this is kind of like a shout out to my sister, I guess, but. I love my nephews and my niece so much that when shit like this happens in movies, and my girlfriend will attest to this, um, I think about what would happen if that happened to them, and it makes me fucking crazy. Dude, like, I can attest to it. You're so wor- you were so worried about Pinocchio. 
Oh my God, <laughs> dude. Okay, so yeah, Pinocchio is one thing, but I swear to God. Okay, I don't know if you remember or no. I can't remember if you told me or not. Did you see Crimes of Grindelwald? Yeah. Okay, yeah, you we did. Talked about Grindelwald. Yeah. All right. Do you remember the scene uh, where Lita Lestrange is explaining what happened, and then the mom drops her baby out of the lifeboat because the lifeboat overturns, and it just mm-hmm. shows this um, bundle of cloth with a baby hand coming out of the side, sinking to the black of the water. Yeah. Okay. I had literally just been last weekend to the a hotel with because my dad was here to a hotel with a massive ass pool and I was swimming with my kids or I was swimming with my sister's kids and then we watched this movie and I'm looking at this scene and I just fucking lost it I was like holy shit dude like Aww. this is I know it was crazy and I'm like this is so dumb for me to be like getting it worked up about because it's a movie or whatever and obviously if anything happened to my nieces or nephews I'd like I'd be right there to you know get them out of the water or whatever but then i'm watching this fucking movie and i'm like dude what is up with these fucking kids man like (laughs) it's oh it's driving me nuts oh dude it just it it's so shitty it opens with her like the cold open of this movie oh yeah writing the letter like she writes her her message in a bottle Mm -hmm. and yeah she's down there for three months trying to find this diamond and it's not a big space but it's like so scary yeah and i don't understand like why didn't they kidnap a local orphan like why did they have to bring this kid down from new york to like let's be real i assume this is florida i know it's probably supposed to be be louisiana but looking at the characters who live down here and the shit that's going on i'm sorry this is this has got to be florida yeah Like I was like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. Let's be real. This this, this Florida. It just like, feels but, like Florida. <laughs> why do they got to kidnap a, an orphan from New York? Like, why why aren't they paying a kid to do it? So With all well, the yeah, other that's the thing. That are down there. What's why aren't the Gators going down there? Dude, okay. So I'm glad you bring this up because this ties into my other fucking question. Why does she only care about this one fucking diamond when Snoops literally digs his hand into one of three bowls filled with smaller diamonds, tons of fucking rubies, gold necklaces, coins. That shit is like millions of dollars right there. Yo, so I think I have a partial answer to this because this I question this too. So not only that. But when Penny's down there, Bernard and Bianca are like, yo, she doesn't want any of these other gems. And she's like, no, she only wants the big one. She doesn't want, I've brought these ones up before. She doesn't care. The whole thing is full of gems and she doesn't want it. And she has a treasure map to this diamond. Mm -hmm. And when she, when she gets the diamond, when they actually do pull Penny back up with the diamond in the end, she says that the diamond gives power to whoever holds it. Yeah, what the fuck does that mean? I have, I dude, I don't know. I honestly watching this movie, I my number one question coming out of this movie was how is Madame Medusa not a top ten scariest Disney villains of all time? And I didn't like her. I hated her. Dude, I hate her, and she terrifies me. And oh my god, just I, I it, oh my god. So first of all, but. but let me get back to Mr. Snoops because he's actually the funniest part of this whole movie to me. Yeah, let's touch on him before we get too deep into Medusa is her name. Why? Yeah. What on. is the but but I do think that there's something going on with the diamond where I would like to have some kind of explanation like, about like, movie. Yeah, like what's happening here? Yeah, because there's something that's going on that they're just not addressing. That's like her side of this, like because that diamond must be special, right? So beyond just being super yeah. valuable, I think. 
So I think tell me about Snoops, but but yeah, there's something really weird happening there where we're missing probably another again, this is another Disney movie where we're missing like a half an hour. Exactly. Like if I had had 15 more minutes of exposition of explaining like, hey, how did this treasure get here? How do you know that's there? How did Madame Medusa get the map? Like she's like, in fucking New York. How did that come by here? Did someone sell it at the pawn shop? I have to assume that's what happened. But I guess so. I don't know, dude. Like it's but I think she would have been a lot more interesting with that extra 15 to 20. Mm-hmm. Like I could I could have used like a whole other cold open scene of like her I needed flashbacks. I need yep. a I need a full blown live action prequel. Is what I need. This is probably one villain cool I would be okay on. with a live action a live action uh, prequel. Like what I'd be happened totally to her? Totally cool. Yeah. With, with like and making her better because because she could have been really cool and she wasn't. And I'm like, there's an opportunity. Like, this isn't beloved. Like, why don't we? Uh, yeah. Why don't we take this and make it cool? But tell me about Snoops before we get too far so, down this rabbit hole. First of all, Snoops is the Snoops and Medusa are the best example of how visually horrifying this movie is from an artistic standpoint. Up oh my to God, my this eyes. point, yeah, up to this point, everything's looked pretty okay, right? Like the alligators are drawn pretty well, like. Uh, Penny look looks right. good. The backgrounds are pretty good. Um, Bianca and Bernard look like they look fine. Like their animation looks good. <clears throat> yeah, Orville looks fine. And then we get to Snoops and Medusa. And the first thing I noticed was how lined and unfinished his hair is. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, is this just like we're coloring multiple scenes and then forgetting we colored that part? Or we're just... I, it was weird. I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. But the way that they draw him for... <laughs> the way that they animate him is so fluid and so hilarious to me. Like, when she slaps the diamonds out of his hand, he just, like, shakes his hands really quick and, like, flings them in the air. And he's like, oh, Charlie, I have to do that. And I just thought that was so funny. Because I'm like, this nothing is adding up in this scene. Like, she looks like shit. And honestly, the scariest Jeez. part in the whole movie is when she's pulling her fucking eyelashes off. And I'm just like, dude, I can't handle Yo. this. Yeah, definitely that. She for sure has the lowest budget in the movie. And mm-hmm. and they did actually want her to be Cruella, but then they didn't want it to be a Dalmatian sequel. They weren't sure how to handle that. But her, I didn't this know was, that. Yeah, this was supposed to be Cruella DeVille, but they were like, ah, oh, that's so weird. How do we make this? Like, Because then we have to stay within continuity. If they could have done... If they could have had this be an episode of What If and, like, had access to the multiverse in 1977, <laughs> yeah. they would have. If they'd had the, the creative option to do that without having to think about continuity, the creative that's foresight. what they wanted yeah. to do. Yeah. That would have been well, just, sick. I think audiences wouldn't know what the fuck to oh, do. Oh, yeah. They would have just been like, what that's the hell is this? Just, yeah. people would have been, I mean, people would have been confused if we did that, like, three years ago. You know? So it's like... I get it, but yeah, she's actually supposed to be Cruella Deville, and she's like literally discount Cruella. But I don't know that why explains she her has car. such a low budget. It it does. The car is one of the things that stayed from the original. Like they drew this, like they got into production with this being Cruella. That's so bonkers. Like, they, they kept the car. Yeah, I know, right? It's like what what the fuck? I didn't and read I can't that tell. Either. That's so funny. Oh my god, I saw it everywhere, and she. It was like. Um, like, 
I can't even tell which of them is like more sadistic and bad. And it was funny. That was like in my notes before I researched this. I was like, God, she's like Cruella, but I don't know which one of them is actually worse. Like, but no, actually, I think it's Madame Medusa. It's, I think it's, it's Medusa worse. for sure. Because yeah. I'm like, yeah, murdering those puppies was rough, but this is a human child. Well, okay, like, so <laughs> this is gonna lead me right into my Madame Medusa thing. Which, first of all, I'm gonna drop. Are a fun we ready? Fact for you. I, I am, just keep yeah. taking us back around to her. No, that's fine. I think I'm ready. Um, I'm gonna drop a fun fact for you first. So her name is Madame Medusa. In the vein of honoring the Greek mythology for which she is named, any time that Penny is talking to her and looks her in the eye, she freezes. Really? Yep. I like that. Mm-hmm. I, it's such an on-the-nose. It is. Like, you don't see that very often. I don't think we've seen that yet in Disney. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. Why is this? I just like she was so odd. Is it because they had to pull something out of their ass so that it wasn't Cruella? Like I feel like well, a lot of it is that. I feel like this meta explanation is So I can actually give you the explanation and it goes right into my Don Bluth fun fact for you. Um Oh yay. So production on this movie was split by a lot of people. Um Don Bluth and Gary Goldman were two animators at the time. And they began to question, like, hey, how come some of the mice don't have white eyes? And if you pay attention early in the movie, like during the Rescue Aid Society, a lot of the mice do not have whitened eyes. It's just black pupils. And the production company was like, or Disney was like, oh, it's too expensive. So Don Bluth and Gary Goldman went and bought um, stuff to to paint it in and show. And they're like, hey, this actually is not expensive, like, at all. Look, like, we we literally did it, just the two of us. And the Disney production company was like, shut your mouth and do what you're told. And Don Bluth was like, uh-huh, I'm fucking done. And he and, like, seven other animators left and started the Dan Bluth Production Company, which their first film was An American Tale. Which we are going to cover, and that's awesome. I knew that Don Bluth had been a Disney... Uh, Actually, I'm so sorry. I just lied. Their first movie after leaving Disney was The Secret of Nim in 1982. I, yeah, and then... And then An American Tale in 1986. The Secret of Nim didn't do as well as An American time. Tale, um, but it did become a cult classic. I fucking love that movie. But anyway, so that's basically what was going on behind the scenes as far as the animation. They were like cutting corners and opting to not keep things clean and fresh because they weren't seeing as big a return on their movies. And they're like, no one really cares. Yeah, this journey for Disney is so weird. Where They're really focused on the parks. Like we said, they're looking at opening Florida. Right? When did Florida open around this time, right? I think 1968. Yeah, it was like just, it had been open for a minute. Yeah, it hadn't even time. been open a decade. But they're years. already talking about moving to Tokyo Disney and uh, Disney France and Hong Kong. All of that shit. I think Hong Kong opened in like 95 or something. Yeah, that but, makes sense. I, and it's so their their focus is all over the place. And yeah. like they've thrown out fairy tales and princesses because even though that was making them money and they didn't quite like they don't quite know what to do and it, you can see it in this where they're like well the movies aren't making a lot of money so we won't put a lot of effort into it and it's like well that's kind of why it's not making money exactly like, it like just, you're not making like very like the you're not trying are very hard and you're not I'm, they're, that's what Don Bluth kind of said was, he's like we're not honoring what Walt started and no. he wanted to get back to their classic animation and shading. That's why Nim looks so good. 
Yeah, Nim does look good. Like they they worked hard to make Nim look good. Don Blue stuff is often creepy. Like original Land Before oh, Time is a great it's example. It's terrifying. Of it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like really dark and yikesy. Um, and it's not like it was outgrossing Disney, but but I do have a lot of respect for these sort of uh, Disney refugees um, in Don Bluth and then also in yeah. John Lasseter, um, yeah. who's the head head bitch at Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I just, yeah, yeah it, he's he also was a Disney uh, refugee though. Him yeah. and everybody who started Pixar had been like, that's yeah, they all came out of Disney mm-hmm. and like didn't make it. Like they were like fired by Disney for you know thinking different. Well, and that's Yay, yeah, Disney. That's, <laughs> this is where things start falling they apart. So many stupid decisions. Can you imagine they fired John Lasseter? Disney was like, no, thank I know. you. What the fuck? fuck like you. they. Yeah. But you know what? That's what happened in Disney's in the. I think they call it the modern age or the like. What what's the age of Disney called between where between the Renaissance and pulling their shit together when they merged with Pixar? Oh, um. I don't remember. I think it's, it's called the modern age, yeah. like where Brother Bear and all those movies came out before oh, they figured God. out, like yeah. the shit that Disney was making that was coming out congruently with Pixar. Yeah, when I'm pretty they, sure that was like the modern age. I think it's called the modern age, and I think now it's called like the digitized age or the 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 graphics age or something. Yeah, like the that. digital know, age or whatever. I think it is called the digital age, like the ones that, what we're in now, like Frozen and Moana. And, yeah. Well, and that's, the point is, Disney's doing all kinds of weird shit. Like they just are making weird calls. They are, like, and not investing in Don Bluth and. Well, yeah, you know, and that's the thing, and that better. leads like right into my rating of this movie. This would have gotten such a higher rating for me if I didn't already know about that behind the scenes stuff. So unfortunately, I had to give this like a six out of ten. Because I feel like this is the movie that exemplifies not giving artists the creative freedom to make really what they knew they could make. But as a movie, I love this movie. I enjoy this movie. It's hilarious. Bernard is so fucking funny. Bianca is a bad bitch. The villain is literally terrifying as shit she not only threatens to drown a child for not bringing her up in the bucket but swear to god points an actual gun in her face and says i'm taking your teddy bear right after she told the girl (laughs) i don't think yeah dude she's like who in the hell would ever want a kid like you is literally what she says to penny and i'm just like bro I had so many questions about this movie, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, like, I don't understand, like, the concept of the Rescue Society. Like, I laughed, <laughs> I laughed so fucking hard when they come, they, like, wake Penny up or whatever. They're like, hey, we're here to rescue you. And she's like, you fucking want to bring mice. somebody big? Yeah. Like, the police? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? Like, cause this is some dark shit, right? Yeah. It's just two mice, and she—I love it. She's like, you didn't, you didn't tell the police. Yeah, it's just you. It's just two mice, and she's like, well, like, we're fucked is, now. Like, like, what actually is going on? And I and I don't understand why we're not capitalizing off of the concept of the rescue aid society. Yeah. Like, why do we just let this die? Like mice that get to rescue 
in need little kids. Where is the rescuers three rescuers in space or whatever? Dude, right? Like they go somewhere else or it's like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't why get do why they gave more? up on this. Well, actually I do. So I, I understand like why from a company standpoint, this was the last Disney film to be nominated for an Oscar for over a decade. So this movie came out what in 77, and the for? next movie to get nominated for an Oscar was in 1989, was The Little Mermaid. Did this get nominated? Yes, it did. It got nominated for, for uh, production and mm. visual effects, I think. I gotta start looking this up more. I know. I need to start including this in like movies, like how was this part of the Oscars or whatever. I'm just not doing a lot of Oscar research, because up to this point in the timeline, it's been pretty, like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's been I'm like, been, oh, it's I'm Rocky, but we're talking about the rescuers <laughs> well I'm yeah. like and the, and the movies that we've done haven't really been nominated for anything yeah, you know what I mean true. so it's unfortunately a lot of the movies coming up haven't been nominated for stuff either they have fun yeah, facts and there are in. things about them that like go that like affected the greater world like when we discussed uh, Indiana Jones or Rage of the Lost Ark or whatever that movie yeah. is the movie that made the MPA create the PG-13 rating yeah, well, we're gonna definitely talk about that, and we need to look out for best animated film. Like, I just yeah, I'm kind of I waiting think we need for, to start adding that. <laughs> I think I think what's happened is that now that we've reached Star Wars, we've reached like the, that oh, that award doesn't exist yet. Yeah. In the timeline, but once it does, we'll add it. But I think we need to start looking more closely now that we're like more current. You know, when it was like My Fair Lady, right. and I was oh, like, well, great, yeah. fucking <laughs> back like, in the forties, you know, like holy yeah, in the forties. <laughs> Like they weren't so now we need to start thinking about that because um, yeah. that's really interesting. But, um, but yeah, definitely, I I'm surprised that this doesn't have like 75 direct to VHS sequels. Oh, I know the, the Rescue Aid Society. Like yeah. they are sleeping on billions of dollars over Disney are. right now. <laughs> like this, but for ratings, um. I gave this a five out of ten because yeah. parts of this drag on forever. I mean, there's it's an eighty minute movie, and I swear before God, we spend like twenty of it running away from the, the alligators. Like, oh I just, yeah, some of this went fucking on. I was getting bored during those chase scenes. That was it was way too much, but I also really enjoyed the movie, and it was like, ugh, but the the music was terrible, and it looks terrible, and it's like. There's there's no music in this, and I will say this is I think the first Disney movie that wasn't a musical. There's like two songs though, like for as there's a it's like a Bambi style music Disney oh, movie. Like oh, nobody sings I'm so anything. glad you brought that up. I completely forgot. Bambi and her mom are back, <sighs> or his mom are back. Bambi, you guys. All right, so here's the deal. Disney tried to kill Bambi like three times, four times, I think. Mm -hmm. No, three times. Yeah. Before this, they in Bambi. In the Sword in the Stone and in the Jungle Book. And in this one, Bambi's mom is just chilling in Central Florida with Bambi. Mm -hmm. No fear. Bambi's yeah. mom is a bad bitch. She's just like, she's just. She, They're whatever. out. They're just out Flexing. there. Flexing. They're just yeah. chilling. Bambi's there with her. It's fucking crazy. So I can't wait to see when she, she comes back because next. she's. She's not even afraid now of Disney. Like, because they, they tried. They've only been successful one out of three attempts to kill her. And then her fourth appearance, they don't even try. Not even, I think, I think she flexing. knows that Walt's dead at this point. And she's like, I've outlived him. I've, I've outlived Walt you, old really man. Her dad. He, was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was the one coming for it. What are you going to do? Know, I, think it's, I, 
I think it's the mouse. I think Mickey's coming. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm like, Walt lives <laughs> on in the mouse. Like she's, I, I still think she was taking a risk, but we now have seen her in, you know, wherever Bambi takes place. We don't know where that is. The forest. Yeah. That's just the forest. We saw her but in medieval times. We, yeah. We've seen her in medieval England. We've seen her in like, we think sort of roughly around like, colonial India. Yeah. And we've seen her in I I presume Central Seven, Florida. Central Florida <laughs> in the 70s, which yeah, I she won't go away, guys. Like she's I swear to god if we get to Pete's Dragon and there's just a live action doe right there, that's it. I'm oh done. God. We're not I'm not counting this anymore. Mm. I'm going to count forever. Dude, I want to know what happens. This thing is she's so a, wild. You know, I'm telling you, Bambi is going to be pervasive for us. It's she's not going anywhere. I think I I can't wait to see her next appearance. She just defies space and time. She's well, just and you know what's to, so crazy to me about all this is with the mouse. I I've never heard this statistic anywhere. Like we are the first people I've ever heard talk about. Like, dude, do you know Bambi's mom shows up like multiple times? Yeah, no, I and she is drawn the same in oh, yeah. all of these movies. It's and definitely Bambi. Different animation styles. Like it's a hundred percent Bambi, and it's totally her mom or his mom. And I, I keep have it's never a girl. heard anyone say this either. Um, but when I look it up for like you know to get like images to use to make memes and stuff of it, yeah, it's not hard. If you look up Bambi's mom, the rescuers, it comes up. Oh yeah, she's like right there. It's the yeah. It's not as though people haven't seen it or haven't identified who it is, but I have never heard anybody talk about her pervasive like her adventure. So yeah, stay tuned, folks, because we're fucking watching. I want to see what she does next. I hope they don't get her again. I hope that she keeps showing up and flexing because I know the mouse wants her. You know know that they were like. I'm surprised that we didn't get like a crocodile or a alligator POV. Watching. Oh yeah. Because because uh, without that, I don't deem it as an attempt to kill her. I think that uh, Shere Khan's POV of her in the last appearance for sure was a, an attempt. Yeah, 100%. And that's a, that's what's distracted. crazy. Like I think that's the only time she's been saved. Was no, because of the elephant. Sa- oh, no, because uh, I guess Arthur Falling saved her from being killed by Kay. Yeah, or Kay's shitty aim. She's absolutely terrible Wait, shot. Wait, Kay yeah. shot. Kay shot. So I would say that, that she wasn't saved. She got lucky. Yeah. Because Kay shot. I don't know, man. It's But she's but she is here. So <laughs> watching. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the other character I want to bring up out of nowhere, like this is just like shit I'm tacking on to the end of this episode. Um, <laughs> I'm starting a Disney Losers Club. Oh, for, for Even Rude? Rude. Yeah, he's going to be alone for all time as punishment Dude, for his crimes. What a dick. And honestly, the other thing I, I don't him. understand is why is he with him at the end of the movie and we never see him again in uh, Down Under? Did I swear to God, this is a legitimate question I have. Did he die on one of their missions? I is hope he so. dead? Is he did, I fucking I, hope so. Yeah. No, you know what? Even Rude couldn't cut it. They were like, I feel like he couldn't. oh, it's the, the fastest boat in all of Central Florida. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, my ass. Even Rude Dude. flies for like a second and it puts everybody at risk. He's mm-hmm. just a complete. I, I, I do I love hated having him. The only thing that I love about him is they they worked it into him sounding like a boat while still sounding like, hey, yeah, I would believe I heard that while I was chilling on the bayou as a bug flying by. Like it was very clever. It was it a was neat cool. I like that. 
But no, fuck that um, dude. I fuck. I yeah, liked the fuck way that, that like Bernard could sit on the edge of the boat and it didn't tip. The oh my god, I know. I was, like, I was thinking about that the whole time. <laughs> like I was like, this is so sketchy, you guys. But it, but yeah, I liked the way like the concept was great, but the character of Evenrude uh, was awful. Yeah. And I assume that name is French, and this is like supposed to be Louisiana. Actually, but, like, fun fact: I get you. I get to tell you something about this. He is either based off the boat company that was the most popular fishing boat in the 1970s, or he was named after a popular boat racer. Really? Yeah. That's fascinating. That's so cool. I, I had figured it was just like a well. Then okay. Then you know what? Then this is fucking Florida. It has to be. I know. It yeah. has to be. I think. Th- I think this is Florida, and I would say no offense, but you know what? If you live in Florida, you know. <laughs> you know. This is totally. This is one hundred percent Florida. Jesus <laughs> this <Christ>. fucking hellhole. <laughs> you see it, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> like, oh yeah, totally. I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Nah, this is. I'm not even going to give you like the benefit of the doubt to say this is Louisiana. This is Florida. Yeah. This is fucking out. Although there. the only thing Florida. that makes me think it is Louisiana is the swamp inhabitants uh accents it's definitely supposed to be louisiana yeah i'm just ripping on florida no, like I know. in canon <laughs> know. in canon this is for sure louisiana but watching it like i have multiple like, times in my notes and i'm like when they're just stuck in this swamp in fucking this is totally florida <laughs> <laughs> so but but totally like actual candidates, Louisiana. Yeah. But, but all right, I, before we I don't get Florida. like before we just completely excommunicate all of our listeners in Florida or the chance to get new listeners in Florida, Lindsay, why don't you take us out of here before, before we just sink this ship? Did before we, we set sail, did we give our ratings for Discount Cruella? I gave oh her no, three. I'm sorry, we didn't. I'm so sorry. I gave That's her I say about a her. three out of three. ten, and I only really? gave her a three out of ten because she really like. As far as her motives go, she's just terrifying across the board. She's horrifying. Everything about her is just completely vile. That's the only reason she doesn't have a zero or a one for me. Like, she has a great, like, yeah, she's super, super evil. But everything about her execution, the way she's drawn, like, the fact that yeah. they gave her no budget, the fact that it is just Cruella reskinned, but, like, poor. Now that I know that, yeah, that's that kind of drops my rating a little bit. Although, I will tell you a fun fact. From this movie forward begins a color scheme of good guys wearing blue, bad guys wearing red. Hmm. Nope. We will have to look out for that. I'm like, yeah, I believe you, actually. Mm-hmm. We have to look Beast at Beast and Gaston, Aladdin and Jafar. Um, more people, I'm sure, but... <laughs> <laughs> probably others as well. Yeah, probably <laughs> other things, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. Three is across the board. Yeah. I gave it a five overall. You, you said you gave it a six. Five, yeah. Six, yeah. Yeah. Um, I had fun. I'm stoked to come back for Down Under. I think we'll have a lot to say. Me too. I, I'm glad yeah. we're coming back around for this one because now I get to take what I learned in this one and see how well we do with the sequel. And it won't be long either. Yeah, th- it's just three years into the timeline and we'll get the sequel. And, and that's fun. It'll be our first sequel. It's like the first sequel. Oh, no, we'll, we'll do Empire before that. Um, speaking of... <laughs> things that are coming up next um we're gonna have pete's dragon actually is next for weeks scott's been saying it's next no i know i don't know is. why i keep doing that i'm sorry guys it's 1977 I, it all runs together it's all 1977 we're gonna be in 77 for about two more weeks between pete's dragon and the hobbit which i cannot fucking wait to talk about oh my god i'm it's so gonna be stoked amazing. um if not before then, 
then on the Hobbit, we will definitely have our first guest star, my very good friend Andrew. Uh, will be joining us who is before i met Lindsay, my lord of the rings uh lore go-to guy and i literally anticipate just sitting on this podcast episode and just listening to the two of them talk i'm not gonna say a <laughs> I word i can't wait and i have a very special relationship with the rankin and bass hobbit specifically um so i'll be sharing that um maybe do my own little cold open like you did for star yeah. wars so I'm, I'm really excited about that one. Um, and then stay tuned for, we're going to have, um, I don't know whether it'll be before this one comes out or after. I don't know what order these are going to come out in, but we'll have the next pop culture playback. We'll be talking about, are we going to, will this have come out after? And that's no, I'll put this will come out today. This will <laughs> come out I'll, first, and then we'll yeah, do I'll put, I'll put this out today. <laughs> which, which will people be like? I just heard that. To be They'll clear. be like, "What the fuck are you guys?" <laughs> we're, <talking? laughs> we're recording a couple today, so yeah. so we'll have that out with um, the finale of What If, and also Muppet Haunted Mansion, which oh, I think we are yeah. both way more excited about than What If, and as well as some new stuff. So look out for that probably coming up next, and then Pete's Dragon afterwards, and then we're gonna have like I said, Empire's coming up, The Hobbit's coming up. Yeah. All kinds of cool stuff. We're going to have a Halloween episode at the end of the month. So stay tuned. Dune will have out probably like the week of the 25th. Yeah, i got to go see that. Yeah. So stay tuned for lots of cool stuff coming. Um, you guys can send us feedback. Let us know what you think. If you know something that we didn't, if you have thoughts on what we said, if you want a guest spot on the show with us, send us feedback at gobehindthetimeline at gmail.com. You can check us out on Instagram where there's all kinds of shit happening at Go Behind the Timeline and also over on Twitter at Behind Timeline. And um, yeah, let us know what you guys thought. We love to get feedback. Yep. And until then, we'll see you next time and stay nerdy. See you guys.